Matthew chapter 6. So here's what it reads, starting at verse 25. It reads, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow, sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? I love that. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like none of these, one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, he will not much more clothe you, or will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So far, our scripture reading today, I want to talk to you from this thought. Get out of your feelings. Get out of your feelings. As we uh, launch into this series called Happiness at the Root, we also step over into, as you've heard today, the season of Advent. And so this holiday season is promoted as as, as Andy Williams says, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's my favorite Christmas song. And so this season is touted as the most wonderful time of the year. It is the hap happiest season of all. And here's the deal. We're all in pursuit of happiness. Nobody want to say that? Nobody want to say yes? Don't you want, don't you want to be happy? Kirk, say, Kirk Frank say, if you want to be happy... You want everybody want to be happy, right? Yeah. Now, here's the thing that you don't hear much in church. So let me say it to you. God wants you to be happy. I want you to receive that and let that settle in your spirit. God wants you to be happy. He cares about it. He cares about your happiness. However, this season does not bring happiness to everybody. This season is not always the most wonderful time of the year for people. And although God wants us to be happy, and what we hear in the scriptures, we hear about happiness, the scriptures call happiness joy. Okay? Uh, the word joy in the Hebrew text means to be calmly happy. 
to be calmly happy. It is a happiness that can't be taken away by, listen to this, happenings. Okay? Happenings oftentimes produce happiness for people. The text of scripture teaches us about a happiness that is deeper than what's happening in your life. If your joy can be stolen because of what is happening, I will tell you, you don't have happiness at the root. And so we got to go deeper. So this guy named Isaac Watts uh, wrote this song called Joy to the World. Joy to the World, the Lord has come. He wrote the song, not necessarily for Christmas, but he wrote the song in his way. He is surmising Psalm 98. If you read Psalm 98, it talks about uh, the coming of Jesus in his his royalty. And so he wrote this song, and the text teaches us in Luke chapter 2, the angel says, tidings of great joy I bring you because he has come to bring great joy to all the world. So listen to this. In this Advent season, Jesus has come to bring joy to the world. But the problem is not everybody in this season has it. There are some people who struggle in this season. For some, it may be your first time without a significant loved one. For some, it may be the stress of how am I going to make Christmas happen and pay all my bills? How am I going to how am I going to deal with this holiday season and I'm single? Can we be real in here? You know how you I don't want to go to the Christmas party because I don't have anybody to go with. And then it turns into this downward spiral of here's another year that I'm by myself. And so this season does not bring happiness to everybody, although Jesus came to bring joy to the world. I submit to you today that as believers, joy is promised to us. And he has come to bring that joy to us, but we have to choose it. So you got to choose joy on three levels or out of three levels. You got to choose. All right. So let's talk about these levels of happiness, if you will. There is a cultural happiness. (laughs) This cultural happiness has to do with what culture says I should have. So you got to you got to pick where you want to where you want to be, because cultural happiness says It's all about what I see and then what I can get in my hand. All right. You got to be careful about this cultural happiness, because what you'll find is that you'll find yourself frustrated because you're watching people's IG. And there's no filter that you can put on your pictures to make your life look like theirs. Because. Our culture says that it's about what I see, it's about my stuff. So I gotta have the big house. And if I don't have the big house, I'm sad. Or I gotta have uh, nice cars, or I gotta live, oh, as we used to say, I don't know what they, oh, well, it used to be balling out of control, then it went to be flossing, and I don't know what it is. It, you know, it changes. 
But the bottom line is whatever choice you make about your happiness, you got to decide where you want to be. Do I want to be happy on the cultural level? That's about what I see. Or watch this. Do I want to be happy on the church level? That's about what I feel. The church level can be confusing, can be complicated, because the church level says, I come in here and I hear a good word and I'm excited and I'm charged up when I leave. Oh, my God, he was speaking right to me today. Boy, that was a great word. And I'm going to do this and I'm making declarations and I'm declaring and I'm, I'm naming and claiming and I get home and nothing changes. So what I just experienced was good. But for some reason, I can't get it to manifest in my life. So now I'm, it's complicated. It's like it's good stuff at the church, but I can't seem to get this. I want to suggest to you that there is another level of happiness that God wants you to consider. This would be happiness on the kingdom level. Now, let me make sure you get this, because I know I said church. He's like, wait a minute. I thought church was kingdom. Not always. I, I can take you through the text of scripture and show you where Jesus wasn't happy with the church and he was not promoting the church, but he was promoting kingdom. Y'all hear what I'm saying? That's why I tell people all the time, coming to church don't mean you're kingdom-minded. Most people, it's a social norm. It has nothing to do with who I am. It has everything to do with what I do. So I go to church so I can post. Church was amazing today. Where we going to go turn up? Y'all watch the post. Y'all ain't the only one seeing it. It's like, how, how does it go in the same post? At least just put it in a separate post so it got to be the same post. We're going to turn up. Church was good. Now I'm turned up. Okay, well, whatever. So there's another level called the kingdom level. Listen, the kingdom level is where I deal with some identity. The kingdom level of happiness is where we deal with who I am, but more importantly, whose I am. Y'all ready? Yeah. So I believe that kingdom level living or kingdom level happiness is what God has called us to. And that's what we have to look towards. So here's what I'm, I'm basing our series on this uh, thesis. And you can write this down. Joy is what you win when you win the war of your mind. Joy is what you win when you win the war in your mind. In other words, whatever that war is, the spoils of war for you that God intends for us to have is joy. Now, this is important that we that I, that I anchor this series on this because culture will tell you that the, you, what you're fighting for is position and influence. It will tell you that you are fighting for stuff and things. And I'm telling you that is not what you're fighting for. And actually, as your pastor and a community, community theologian, I'm telling you what to fight for. Because your stuff can be taken. Your stuff might not work. And you'll keep having to obtain more and obtain more. But 
what God wants us to do, if you're going to fight for something, here is the treasure of the war, and that is joy. That is having this healthy, how I want to say it, that there should be this quality of thought life that we should have. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I sense it, it needs to be said right here. If you Google not settling, you'll get lessons and, and, and content on don't settle in your relationships. Don't settle, girl. You deserve so and so and so. Don't settle in your finances. Keep going, okay? Then it says, then they'll teach, don't settle in your profession, in your professional world. Don't settle. Keep going for the top. You deserve to be a boss. You a boss. Keep going. Push up. You blessed. I'm blessed up. I mean, the, 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 the churchy jargon is amazing. I'm blessed up. Word. I'm with you. However, we don't teach about quality of thought life. Don't settle for toxic thinking in your thought life. Mm -hmm. Let me settle there. Let me stay right there. Because this is what's going to help you in, in this holiday season when your money ain't long, but your Christmas list is. This is what's going to help you when, when your kid, you know, listen, Gifts now ain't, I want this truck. I want this toy truck. This, now they want devices and watches. And then if you don't get it, society says you're not a good parent. And I'm telling you that don't settle for a toxic thought life. You got to go after a thought life that is quality based on who you are, listen, and whose you are. So let's look at our text today, and I'm done. I'm going to try to get finished early. Y'all worship so good, I'm just going to be finished early. Don't, don't stop worshiping, though, because this could change at any moment. So look at, look at our text. So our text today, we see Jesus teaching a lesson to his disciples. And he's telling his disciples something really interesting. And I think we should take note about this because what he's saying to them is, don't worry, he says to them. Don't worry. He says, I'm telling you not to worry, not based on how good you've been, not based on, you know, your standing in society. He says, I'm telling you, don't worry because of who you belong to. Now, we got to look at this. This is really interesting because he teaches them this approach to dealing with your emotions. This is what the series is about. My aim for the people that I lead is that emotionally we're solid that we have a quality emotional life. You hear what I'm saying? Because listen, if you get a good emotional life, your money will, will come up because you'll stop making bad decisions. 
Like, I'm mad, I'm going shopping. Like, I'm sad, I'm going shopping. Like, I'm happy, I'm going shopping. You see? When, you, when your emotional life is quality, then we live at a healthy place where one emotion doesn't affect other stuff. Are y'all with me? And so Jesus is talking to them, and he's saying to them, I need you to deal with your emotions in this way. You cannot be driven by your feelings in this season. Just, just think about it a minute. You can't be driven. You can't be driven, listen, to overeat because of your feelings. You can't be driven to overspend, overdrink because of these feelings. Did the pastor just say overdrink? Yeah, I did. But y'all, you, y'all don't think that I don't think. Oh, okay. Okay. That's a, well, the same is funny, though. Okay. So then you got to decide what, what level you want to be uh, happy on this this level of kingdom deals with who you are and whose you are. And so Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's saying to them, I want you to consider this. Do not worry, he says, because of who your father is. But then he goes on and says, I want to teach you this interesting lesson that we need to think. So what Jesus does is he, uh, he teaches us how to override some of our emotions with logic. Y'all stay with me. This is, this ain't, I ain't prophesying cars and stuff today. No, no cars. No, I'm not prophesying no cars or no houses. I am going to prophesy, though, that you had the money to pay for the one you got. Keep gas in it. How about that? Okay, so, but I, I want to deal with some emotional stuff here because oftentimes we're driven by our emotions. And Jesus says, let me teach you how to handle that. So he goes into this very interesting lesson and he says basically consider creation he says look at this he says verse 26 says look at the birds of the air for they neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns yet your heavenly father feeds them then he asked this question are you not more valuable than they? Wait, valuable to who, Jesus? Your father. What he's teaching us is this. Not all creation has the same value. Not all creation has the same value. And so he's saying here that if the father takes care of the birds, he says, you are more valuable than the birds. What is he saying? He's saying, so don't worry. Think about the fact that if he cares for the birds and I am more valuable than the birds, he's going to take care of me. Let that sink in for a second. Because when we start talking about happiness at the root, this is happiness at the root, that I can't worry about the way things look 
because at the root I understand that if he is taking care of the birds. So in my backyard, I am noticing that I got a lot of different kind of birds back there. I'm that guy. I just sit in the backyard and look. So I got hummingbirds in the summer there. I think hummingbirds are just like a, a, a nature miracle to me. But then I got red birds, well, cardinals. We got blue jays back there. And I just notice how beautiful they are. I also noticed, too, on my front porch that one of them cats in the neighborhood got to one of them red birds. I was like, oh, wait, a, wait a minute. These cats are a little aggressive. I'm going to get me a pellet gun, I'm telling y'all. Anyway, I ain't trying to kill them. I'm just, you know, trying to reshape their thinking. <laughs> Don't come over here. Okay. So Jesus is teaching them. He's teaching his disciples. He says, listen, the way you manage your emotions is by using some logic. That if he's going to take care of the birds, he talks about all creation. If he's going to take care of the birds and take care of the lilies, why wouldn't he take care of you? So then your worry, he starts talking to them about worry. He says, let's talk about it. He says, who of you, by worrying, will add more height to yourself? In other words, he starts talking about the unproductive nature of worrying. If anything, worry is going to hurt you, definitely not help you. Are y'all with me? Yeah, we're talking about happiness at the root. I got to lay a foundation for you before we start dealing with some other stuff. And so right now, you got to fight these emotions. Now, although we're talking about this, this is, if you have not uh, recognized it yet, this is our Christmas series. I am not talking about baby Jesus this year. I'm not talking about baby Jesus. I'm talking about kingdom thinking that baby Jesus wants you to have. Okay? Because this season promotes some stuff. And you start feeling some kind of way and you feel pressure to spend what you don't have. You feel pain because of who you don't have. You see what I mean? Then we have problems because family come together and can't get along. And I'm telling you that we're not moved by that. He says, consider the fact that if I take care of creation, it is, it is this, this creature-creator relationship that Jesus is teaching us that you need to translate to a father-daughter, father-son relationship. If I feed the dog, why wouldn't I feed you? Now, for all of you dog lovers and your dog got, got a wardrobe, he's telling his disciples, if I'm going to dress your dog, why wouldn't I dress you? So then, why are you worrying? You should not be worrying because you belong to me. I told y'all years ago that as I would, uh, as a kid, the best field trips are the field trips with, that your parents go on. Because when your parent don't go on a field trip, your parent We'll give you $10. You got to eat, but it's your money to eat. Well, at every field trip, the teachers get possessed and take the children into the gift shop. 
What the devil you do that for, teacher? Don't you have kids? Do you want your kids to go to the gift shop? And then the kid that goes in there with only $10 who had to eat and then go with the kid. Only thing he can buy is a rock. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so <laughs> we went over there to uh, the planetarium. I can't think of the name of that thing. Went over to the planetarium with Kyle one day in his class. You know, and then when you got two of them close together, then you have to do the same field trips. So Kyle and Jonathan went to the planetarium, and so some kids got their little money. But Jonathan or Kyle are always the last kids in there because they are not limited with what they can see or get because I have my father with me. So they're the last ones be just strolling. Like, son, they everybody getting on the bus. Hold on, daddy. Because they had to get the 99-cent rock. You see, I can explore this $150 science set because you're here. You see what I'm saying? And the level of anxiety is zero. As a matter of fact, he ain't even worried about getting left <laughs> because he's with his mom and daddy. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? See, when you know whose you are, there's a part of life, a part of the worries and the anxiety and the stress and pressure that you don't have to deal with. You don't have to play in that playground, baby, because you know who you belong to. And so what I'm coming to kill this year is the thought and the feelings that you don't have enough. That you're not enough. Because you're single don't mean you're not enough. It just means you're single. That means he didn't deserve you. That means he was a fool and you had to walk away. <laughs> so he's teaching them, I want you to deal with the logic, not the emotion. Y'all hear me? See, this is a different theology. This is a different theology because, again, we often splash around in church theology talk about how what I feel. I'm going to cast the devil out. I just feel this. I bind the devil because I'm feeling this. Well, get out of your feelings. Start operating in what you know. And what you should know is that you belong to him. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Okay, I got to go. So this is, this is logic over feelings. Because listen, our joy is robbed because we are feeling like a certain outcome is going to happen. And God says that's not going to happen because you belong to me. You think it ain't going to work out for you because of A, B, and C. And then your stress kicks in because you're telling your st yourself a story that you don't know the end of. So you make up one. Oh, come on. We're talking about overthinking here, and nobody overthinks to the positive. Everybody overthinks to the negative. 
It's like it's this automatic switch. When I overthink, I always think about what can't happen and what's not going to happen. Or the worst thing, oh, Lord, this is what they're going to say and this is what they're going to do. It ain't going to work out. You know what? I'm saying? And then all of a sudden you're depressed because you told yourself a story that you made up. And God is looking at you like, what? Why are you tripping? I'm your father. Hey, I just, listen, I just told you about this Genesis 45 story. The brothers, listen, who wanted to kill their other brother. They wanted to kill Joseph simply because he was a dreamer. You hear what I'm saying? This is haters in your family. And Reuben heard them say, we're going to kill him. Here come this dreamer. Now, the dreamer is doing what the father told him to do. Go out there, find your brothers, and take them something to eat. Okay, daddy. And I am doing what my father tells me to do. Watch. But I am serving people who hate me. I don't know why the Lord's taking me here. But so then... They say, we're going to kill him. And Reuben, who is known for not making good decisions, his daddy, before his daddy died, he said, listen, you don't make good decisions. You slept with my concubine, dummy. But the guy who's not making good decisions because of the plan that God had for, for Joseph made a good decision. Let's not kill him. Let's throw him into the pit. Who would think that being thrown into a pit is a good decision? When your other, other option is death, that's all you got to deal with. I'm happy to be thrown in the pit if I can stay alive. Because eventually I'm going to come out. Watch. These not so good dudes ends up going to, to Egypt to get some food for the family. In other words, they was going to state capital to get welfare. That's what they was doing. Because they needed a handout. It's okay. They needed food. And they knew where they could go and get it. When Joseph sees them, uh, Pharaoh sees them, everybody's happy. And what we're finding out here is that these guys live in prosperity when the land they came from was in famine simply because God was in control. Because see, what we would have done, we would say, mm-mm, not y'all, starve. Threw me in that pit. Do you realize I went to jail because y'all threw me in that pit? No. Die. All y'all die. Get away from me. It's like in that movie. <laughs> What's the movie that says, uh, you shoot your eye out, kid? What movie is that? Christmas Story, when he goes up there and the, the Santa Claus tries to push him down the slide. And he's like, wait, I want this. And Santa Claus puts the boot in his face. And puts him. It, that's what I would have done to my brothers. But they live. In sheer prosperity because God is in control. You see what I'm saying? And there's some stuff that you worry about and you feel like it's not going to work out for you because you're not remembering. God is in control of this. You're waiting on a phone call or email tomorrow and you feel like already that it's not going to go because you've not heard from them. And I'm telling you today that God is saying, because I am your father. (laughs) Darth Vader didn't make that up. That came from God. I am your father. And y'all be like, ooh, that's good. God said, I've been telling you that. Doggone you. You stressed out. I got you. He says, you've been worrying about stuff that you don't have to worry about. 
These are the things that rob your joy. That's why you got to have joy at the root. So that stuff can't come and get it. Are y'all hearing me? Man, I'm doing good. I'm going to be out of here in a second. Uh huh. See, joy is your birthright. As a believer, it's our birthright. That is what the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5 wants to birth in us. Long-suffering, peace, kindness, joy. That is our birthright. And so when you say yes to God, God says you have a right to this. But the enemy tries to intercept your joy. Because if I can get your joy, you're not going to have no peace. You see that? If I, can, if I can get your joy, Siobhan, you're not going to be kind. And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy your joy. Because, see, joy is not a singular thing. It's a combo. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says this. The kingdom of God is not in food and drink, but rather it is righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Okay? What produces joy in us is, number one, righteousness. This is, not, this is not in my notes, but you can write this down. Righteousness. Righteousness is vertical and horizontal. So I got to be righteous, be in right standing with God and with man. Because think about this. When you're not in right standing with God or man, you can't have peace. Because you're worried about what people are thinking about you. They get on my nerves. I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they said that. I can't. And now, now we don't fell out. Can you believe she said that? And you just keep talking about it and you're rehearsing it and you have no peace. And God says, I want you to be in right standing with me and with the folks around you. Righteousness. That produces peace. You don't have to keep looking over your shoulder because you're in right standing. You don't have to peek out the window when the door is knocking on the door. Oh, y'all don't, oh, y'all, y'all don't keep it real with me. They hear, they hear y'all talking. And you be like, shh. <laughs> Who is that? Go upstairs and look out the window. What color, what color is the car? <laughs> right standing. Produces peace. Peace. And righteousness produces joy. I'm good. Knock on my door if you want. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? A guy knocked on my door the other, other day. Knocking all strong. I was like, who was that? Then I said to myself, go answer the door. You know what I mean? Because today's society, teach, you, you don't answer the door. I didn't invite nobody, so they, they don't, I, I didn't tell them they, they didn't tell me they was coming, so I ain't going to the door. Who lives like that? Your mama and them didn't live like that. Your mama had an extra stick of butter for somebody to knock on her door. They're like, I know they're going to need some butter. They was ready. I went to the door. It was like, it was a guy saying, hey, I, I'm just I'm new to the neighborhood, and I wanted to meet, and, and we're having a baby. And we've had so many miscarriages that I just moved in a couple of months ago. And I just want to invite our neighbors to come by for the baby shower. We're so excited. You see? But when you got peace, you can answer your door. (laughs) I'm just saying. Produces joy in your life. Okay? (laughs) So now listen. The reason we want 
joy at the root is because, listen, anything that's not anchored at the root leaves you subject to things you can't control. So watch. If fruit is on a tree, it's not anchored. Somebody can come and pick it off. If fruit is on a tree and the wind blows hard, it falls because it's not anchored. And anything that's not anchored, you can't control it. And that's why God wants us to have happiness at the root so you can be in control. You're not subject to the winds and the drama and the fickleness of your friends. You're not subject to that. You got to be anchored. And so your happiness needs to be such that, this is what Shirley Caesar said, this joy that I have, y'all know what she's saying. The world didn't give it to me, but here's the best part, and they can't do what? They can't take it away. Because it's anchored. So when you have happiness at the root, that means this, regardless of what happens in your life, your mental space stays good when you have it at the root. Because then listen, if you don't have happiness at the root, then everything in your life has to be perfect all the time. Marriage got to be perfect. Money got to be perfect. Kids got to be perfect. Health got to be perfect. Finances got to be perfect. Now listen, if you got that much perfection in your life, we call that heaven and you're dead. Because it ain't going to happen that way. If your kid's good, your spouse crazy. Look at it, look at how y'all looking. Your spouse crazy. I mean, your spouse good, and now your kids acting crazy. Family is dope, but now our money's strange. You see what I'm saying? They start acting crazy at work. Because nothing ever lines up like that. This is why your joy has to be anchored so that nothing affects it. I do, listen, I don't have space for people in my life who everything has to be perfect for you to be happy. What you mad about? Shoot, we ain't got no money. We can't even go to the movies. We, we got cable. I mean... That's going to be a movie on somewhere. I'm not saying all of them. Watch them again. You mad because you can't go to the movies? You sad? Your life is like the worst ever because you don't have enough money this time to go to the movies? Why we don't have, why we don't have enough money to go to the movies? Because we don't pay all our bills. Y'all see what I'm saying? We got to have happiness at the root. So when all the bills are paid, I'm, I'm good. When I don't have extracurricular, I'm good. Can you be happy in such a way that you can sit at home on the weekend and be grateful that you got a home to sit in? You funky because you can't go out. All my friends going out. Yeah, call them. Oh, they phone off. <laughs> OK. 
okay, man, I'm done. I'm messing with y'all. Okay, I got to go. All right, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Remember this. Remember that this holiday season, you cannot let your feelings ride. You got to deal with whose you are. Life ain't perfect. I get it. But who do you belong to? One thing I'm learning in the storms of life, either he'll end the storm or he'll be in the storm. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You got to remember that. You got to remember that. You got to have joy in such a way that when the storms come, you realize that no storm lasts forever. Some storms move slower than others, but storms end. And you got to be anchored in such a way that you're grateful that even in the storms of life, God gives you a shelter to hang out in. So in this, in, this, in this series, we're coming after our thinking. I want you to remember that joy is what you win when you win the war of your mind. God wants you to have happiness at the root. It is joy. Joy becomes a tool that we use to help us when we're depleted and need it to be and need to be replenished. Uh, the psalmist writes this, he says, with joy, we draw water from the well of salvation. When you have joy, you can use joy as a tool to be refreshed when your salvation is drying out. You grab that joy. That's why, that's why uh, uh, Jeremiah says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Because now I use joy when I'm weak. Joy helps me and props me up. That's why you can't have cultural happiness. That's why you can't have church happiness. Because church happiness will have you shouting and running and feeling good with no substance behind it. You got to have some kingdom joy that says I'm pushing for righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Today, God wants you to be happy at your core. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this opportunity to share your message. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you seal this word. I come against depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts. And I come against, Lord, uh, the thought that you got to have in order to be something. I bind the spirit of this age that would make us think that the more I have, the happier I am. Lord, anchor us with your joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand.